I coached a CEO of a country club and he said, this has shown me who I need to bring on my team, who I need to hire and how I need to be spending my time. You are now tuned in to Misi Muse Unplugged, a podcast for go-getters on their journey to greatness. Unlock the secrets to your success through insights, inspiration, and education. Get ready to level up with your host, author and consultant, Christy Lindor. Hey, my go-getters. Welcome to the Meesey Muse Unplugged podcast show. This is season two, episode five, and we're focused today on the concept of purpose-driven success. I'm going to actually kick it off. I want to talk a little bit about what I mean when I say purpose-driven success and really kind of talk about ways that, you know, you can find purpose-driven success on your journey. In addition, today we have Kristen Sherry in house. Kristen is a best-selling author and founder of a really cool concept called UMAP. And she's going to talk a little bit about her journey, how she created her UMAP skills-based program, as well as weigh in on this concept of purpose-driven success. So let's go ahead and get started. You know, when I think of the concept of purpose-driven success go-getters, the first notion that for me comes to my mind is this idea of clarity. I think when you have clarity in your life, it's extremely powerful. You know, it really gives you a compass and meaning. And I want you to think about a time in your life that maybe you were really, really excited about something happening the next day. You know, maybe it was when you was a kid and, you know, you couldn't wake up the next day to go to a school field trip, or maybe it was to go on a family trip, or as an adult, maybe it was going on a first date with your current crush or taking part in some major life event like a graduation or going on a vacation or even visiting a country that you've never been before. I don't know if you ever noticed, like whenever there's something really exciting that you're anticipating, you cannot wait. Like you can't wait to go to sleep. <laughs> you're so excited. You're kind of thinking, you know, playing out in your mind how the day is going to happen or that specific event is going to unfold. And sometimes it's feelings of excitement, feelings of anticipation, and sometimes just I call happy nervousness. So imagine feeling that way every single day, like literally jumping out of your bed every day because you cannot wait to start your day to really live out your purpose and then playing full out all day and then really kind of dragging yourself to bed every night fussing because you're like, man, I don't want to go to sleep because I don't want this day to end. But you know you have the next day to do it all over again. Hopefully we've all kind of felt that in some small way, shape or form, others in different instances. And it's an amazing space to be in, quite frankly. But for some reason, we haven't always been able to figure out how to bottle that up and keep that going. I really believe that's purpose-driven success when you are in that space in your life where every day you're able to literally jump out of bed and like really live on purpose, really live full out and go to bed exhausted, not just because of physical exhaustion, but just because you gave the day your all and you gave it your all wanting to give it your all. 
I really think that's like a beautiful space to be in. And so it's just something that we haven't all figured out. And while there's many schools of thoughts on attaining purpose-driven success, I really believe our purpose is really shaped by our experiences, but also what we decide it to be, quite frankly. So that's kind of just a first thought and concept, you know, is kind of having that clarity where you're able to really kind of create that roadmap in your life and be able to, to have those full, amazing days. And if you're currently seeking your purpose go-getters and haven't really quite figured it out, understand that that also is okay. Don't be so hard on yourself or be in a rush to get to that space. I feel like it happens organically at times. And, you know, I also say don't let others' journey create hard and fast rules about your own, which I also see, you know, people will will look at someone's life on the outside looking in and say, man, they are living the dream. You know, I would wish that I could live that way as well. You know, what I found is that you may be able to find your purpose through a means that is outside of your job when you're able to kind of give that your all. I've actually met some people go-getters that they may have a hobby or there's something they do really well or even a side hustle. And they actually refuse to make it more than that because for them, they said, you know, and it's, it's an interesting, again, different school of thought, what motivates people. But for those individuals, they mention that if they create a business out of it, they feel like they're going to take the joy out of it. And they don't ever want to make that thing feel like work. So for those people, they kind of have that buildup of anticipation and excitement. And they have that looking forward to doing their hobby. But for them, doing their hobby or what they love as a as a full day job or a full business is just not something that excites them. So that's okay too. So I want to kind of dispel the myth that you have to always be doing what you love 24 hours a day, seven days a week. For some people, that sounds amazing. And then for other people, it's like, eh, that's a little bit too much. <laughs> they want to have like, you know, something that's theirs, it's intimate, and they can do it like when they want to do it and not feel obligated to do it. So both models work just fine. I think the biggest thing is you figuring out what it is you like to do, you know? So I feel also the other thing kind of talking along this concept is that I feel like go-getters particularly, you know, sometimes they've been able to tap into that sense of purpose and meaning more so than other folks. And I say that because I know in like episode one, I talked a little bit about how go-getters on a journey to greatness, they typically have some sort of yearning or call. So if they answer that yearning or answer that call, sometimes they're able to tap into that purpose-driven success. And then they're able to really kind of cultivate that and master that into something that's bigger and more meaningful to them. I know for me, it took quite a while. So even though I enjoyed the type of work that I was doing, I enjoyed being a consultant, the type of consulting that I was doing wasn't always that spectacular. I think it took me, I'd say a good 10 or so years to kind of really figure out the niche of consulting work that got me excited and got me really lit up. And what I found was that for me over time, even though there were certain things I liked, for me to get to a place where I was loving everything I, I do every single day, I also found it was interesting in that there was an alignment 
that took place organically over time where what I was doing at home aligned with what I was doing at work aligned with what I thought about my side hustles like everything kind of clicked but it took a lot of massaging it took a lot of trying different things it took a lot of false starts and stops to get to that point and now it all kind of fits together and I'm so happy and maybe I'm a late bloomer in that regard but for me I feel like I'm at a point where I can still continue to redefine that and having that purpose and uh, being driven with with that type of ideal works for me so all that to say go-getters purpose-driven success is all about finding your compass and figuring out how you define it and letting it take its space, taking it its step forward. I know the other thing for me personally that I've also found that I am currently struggling with and working on is that even though I have kind of tapped into my, my sense of purpose, I personally haven't gotten to a point where I'm able to stay in that beautiful state that beautiful state I talked about, like that feeling of anticipation and nervousness and excitement. So I have that in spurts. And for me, I don't know if it's just kind of where I am in my career. I know the realities of my work and what I'm doing and that sort of thing. And so I still have those moments and bouts of excitement, probably more frequently, which is great. But I would love to get to that point of that full out excitement all the time. So, you know, some people may hear that and say, eh, it sounds like you still need to, you know, work on your purpose and, you know, kind of figure out what works for you. And then others may say, wow, that's amazing. But for me, I know I want to get to a point that mo- at least, I'd say 80% of the time, I'm not going to say 20 because I mean 100% because nothing's perfect. But I would like to get to a point where I'm in that, you know, I I, I use Tony Robbins term. I'm in that beautiful state, living out my purpose and my dream 80% of the time, which to me would be amazing. So I'm still working on it as well and and would love to hear go-getters if you have thoughts and ideas about this space. So what's interesting that I found, I think when I was thinking about how do I really tap into that, there's actually a Japanese concept that I recommend. It's called Ikigai. So Ikigai is spelled I-K-I-G-A-I. And go-getters, I'm actually going to put a link in the show notes of a Thrive Global article that really does a nice job summarizing this concept. But what Ikigai is all about is really helping you identify ways to create a life where your values, things you like to do, things that you're good at, and what you can get paid for kind of all converge, right? So it's really helping you converge four primary elements according to this article. So in doing what you love or your passion, doing what the world needs, or what's called your mission, doing what you're good at, it's called your vocation, and then what you can get paid for, which is your profession. So the intersection of all of those four key elements is considered your ikigai. And with that, go-getters, I'm actually going to share some ideas on how you can cultivate your ikigai or your purpose-driven success in your own life. And then I'm going to introduce my guest and we can get started and talk to her right after this quick break. Several years ago, I was passed over for a promotion at my job. Instead of wallowing in my circumstances, that evening I decided to redirect my energy using a forgiveness technique I had casually created over the years. What happened over the next 15 months was an absolute life-changing breakthrough. So I decided to put it to the test. I shared the technique with a couple of friends 
and they too began to see major shifts at work. That's when I decided to formalize my forgiveness model into a book. Hi, I'm Christy Lindor. I've discovered that forgiveness used as an applied strategic skill in the workplace can shift your career to the next level. You can explore this concept in my new book, Release. Use the power of forgiveness to get unstuck and thrive in your career. Order it now on Amazon or learn more at www.releasethebook.com. In the last segment, Go-Getters, I introduced the concept of purpose-driven success and actually recommended a Japanese concept that's called Ikigai that really helps you kind of figure out that intersection. So I wanted to pick that conversation back up and I really want to delve a little bit more into Ikigai because I feel like it does such a nice job and it's such a great framework if you want to figure out what your purpose is and how to really put meaning and and effort behind that. So I think the the first step, kind of four questions, and again, I'm referencing a Thrive Global article that I will put out in the show notes for you, but you ask yourself kind of the following four questions. So the one, number one is, what is it that I love? What is it that I love to do? And second question is, what am I good at? I think what's interesting about the what am I good at question, sometimes we're really good at doing things. And because we're so good, because it's it's like, we don't even think about it, it's such an unconscious competence of ours, we may overlook certain things. So I've heard that come up time and time again for people that have figured out and and are living a purpose-driven life, really creating purpose-driven success in their lives and in the work that they do, they're able to tap into something that it's just automatic for them. So I think what is it that I love and what, what am I good at are really good thought starters. The third question to ask yourself is, what is something that I can be paid to do or something that could transform into my future hustle? which I think is important. And again, some people don't want to get paid for what they love, which is fine, but others do. So if you are one of those thinking about that, think about what is currently not only in demand right now, however, think about what's going to be in demand in the future. So remember, we're living in a very interesting era in time where there's a lot of changing of the guard. So there may be something, for example, you may have loved to do pictures, right? And you're really good at using a camera. Well, given the the, the pace of technology at this point in time in history, you may want to think about how can you expand. If, If you're really good at photography, think of ways of how you can take some of the core concepts that regardless of the tool or the technology, the core concepts of photography that will still be available or still be needed in the future. Think about how you can pull those out and really build a purpose around that. And again, I just use that as a real quick example. There's probably tons more, but that's the first step. What do I love? What am I good at? What can I be paid for now and the future? And then the fourth question to ask yourself, what does the world need? And I find with go-getters, a lot of people sometimes say, well, I may be good at something, but it feels like millions of people are good at that particular thing. Let's just say, I'm gonna just give another example, cooking. Well, even if there are people you know that, that may be good at cooking, it is something people need. People need to eat. It is something you get paid. It's something you're good at. And if you love it, I find that 
you will become more resourceful. You will figure out ways to put your own signature style onto it. So don't discount something that you may be really good at that may answer all those questions and just say, hey, well, I'm just another person. I think instead, focus on what you can do, what you can bring to the technique or kind of really hone your talent in, in a unique way that becomes your own rubber stamp. And I say that, I think about Shakira. So if you know the celebrity artist, entertainer, worldwide phenomenon, Shakira, I was recently reading her bio and what actually put her on the map. You know, there's a lot of talented, beautiful women that are seeking to really get into entertainment and seeking to become an artist and become a singer and a dancer. But I think what Shakira did was that earlier on, she honed in on the fact not only she loved to entertain and dance and sing, she also honed in on the fact that she looked within her background and realized how important belly dancing, that's actually a part of her culture. She's got mixed heritage. And one part of her culture is kind of that gypsy style of dancing. And she said, you know what? That was something that intrigued her, that pulled her in. And when she decided to go down the route of becoming an artist, becoming an entertainer, she infused that unique lens, that uniqueness about the belly dancing. She incorporated that into her signature. That was what differentiated her amongst you know, the thousands and thousands of other, other women that may have been considered. And, and that's how she got signed. So I share that to say that Figure out what's your unique blueprint to not only answer these questions, but what is it that you can bring that is so different and will be so refreshing for someone to be able to enjoy. So that's kind of some thoughts on how to figure out your ikigai if you are looking into it. And make sure that, you know, you talk to people around you. Don't just kind of just focus on, okay, what is it that you particularly think? I find that the closest friends and family around me, they may actually realize or have common trends and patterns that they see in what I do that I may not even pick up myself. So feel free, make sure to really kind of give that some thought and feel free to experiment. You may get it right the first time out, but you may have to kind of do a little bit of remixing, massaging to really be able to hone in on your signature style. Hector Garcia and Francis Morales, they actually wrote an interesting book. It's called Ikigai, The Japanese Secret to a Long and Happy Life. And I'll put the link to that book in the show notes as well. But in there, they actually break down the top 10 rules that can help anyone really find their own Ikigai. So I'm gonna say those quick, those 10 rules quickly, and then I wanna introduce Kristen. So number one, it says stay active and don't retire. One way to really find your ikigai, which I completely agree on. Two, leave urgency behind and adopt a slower pace of life. That may be hard for some people, but I find that kind of slowing down and being able to really think and become more introspective has actually been a superpower for me go-getters. Number three, only eat until you are 80% full. I find that one interesting. I thought that was common sense, but I know that sometimes um, people like to continue to eat and we don't think about that. But there is ties to your gut and digestive health. And I'm going to cover physiology and body in future episodes. But eating to your 80% full, I think, makes sense, particularly in terms of really having better gut health. Surround yourself with good friends is number four. Number five, get in shape through daily gentle exercise. Number six, smile and acknowledge people around you. Number seven, reconnect with nature. 
Number eight, give thanks to anything that brightens our day and makes us feel alive. Number nine, live in the moment. And number 10, follow your ikigai. So thank you, Hector and Francis, for those rules. Again, I'll post them in the show notes. I think those are always really cool rules to to live by and really help you find your ikigai. So having said that, I want to pivot and introduce my next guest, So Kristen Sherry, she is an author, speaker, and she's the managing partner of UMAP LLC. So she created Go-Getters, the UMAP profile. It's a holistic self-awareness profile that helps uncover client, employee, and student strengths, values, preferred skills, and personality-based interests. So this is really kind of a self-assessment type of tool that can be used both for entrepreneurs as well as employees to really help you figure out what are you best at. And I think this is the perfect episode. You know, we talk about purpose-driven success. Part of getting to that point, and you can see all the questions that I I mentioned earlier are really about self-awareness. So I think this would be a great tool to consider using in your journey to discovering your purpose-driven success. So this is actually her third book. Her first two books, she wrote a book, Follow Your Star, Career Lessons I Learned from My Mom. And then her second book, Five Surprising Steps to Land the Job Now. And then her third, which is UMAP, Find Yourself, Blaze, Your Path, Show the World, that actually launched back in 2018. And actually, it, it continues to be a bestseller on Amazon. So she's done a really amazing job, not only publishing the book, but then the book eventually becoming a skills-based program um, that she now coaches people all over the world to become certified and help teach her methodology across different types of corporate organizations across the globe. So she's going to really share her purpose-driven success, her journey of how she was able to create UMAP and where she's up to today, as well as how she weighs in on this topic. So with that, let's hear from Kristen. All right. Well, welcome to Misi News Unplugged. Kristen, how are you doing today? Thank you, Christy. I'm doing great. Really excited to talk to you. I am as well. I am as well. I've been watching your journey to greatness virtually, and I'm such a fan. So I'm, I'm really excited to have the opportunity to connect. So I want to kind of jump right into one of my first questions. I have a ton of questions about UMAP and your journey with that, with the book and the program. But before we talk about UMAP, if you want to take a moment, if you can maybe walk our go-getters through maybe the top three pivotal moments of your journey that's really helped shape who you are today. Just kind of walk us through three. That'd be awesome. The top three pivotal moments. Okay, so the first pivotal moment was really, truly understanding the type of work I was meant to be doing and realizing that what I was doing with my life wasn't aligned to what I really should be doing with my life. And that was through some self-discovery and mentorship and values assessment on reflecting what was important to me and realized my life did not align to it. So that first kind of epiphany, like I am on the wrong path in life. The second second pivotal moment was really then overcoming the fear to do something about it. I knew I was on the wrong path, but I allowed these stories in my head to keep me where I was. Well, you know, you can't do this. People don't just step out and do this. This is crazy. You've got a really nice paycheck and great benefits with this job. It's a fortune 12. You're bananas. You need to stay where you are and be thankful for what you've got and not just go throw it recklessly to the wind. You've 
got children and, you know, responsibilities. And so that fear overcoming it and saying, you know, I'm either going to believe this for my life or I'm not. And it comes down to that. That was the second pivotal moment. And this third pivotal moment was really embracing the fact that you don't go down a journey to greatness by yourself. And I am the type of person who tends to be wired to be pretty autonomous and work independently and struggle to ask for help. But I realized once I embraced all of the people in my life who I was pouring into them, they also wanted to pour into me and be ambassadors for the work I wanted to do to help change the world. It sounds very Pollyanna to say, but that's really what I was trying to do. And those ambassadors are the ones that change the world, not you. You just inspire them with the vision. That was so beautiful, Kristen. I feel like I can just bottle that up (laughs) (laughs) in so many different ways. And I feel like, you know, not only me personally, but I'm sure a lot of people listening to this interview are probably going through the same thing in some form or fashion. Maybe if you can take a step back and when you talked about your first moment and, and really the fear of I've got something good, I'm comfortable, maybe tell us a story. Like what happened? You know, when was the moment that you came to that first realization. That I was on the wrong path? Yes. This is a personal story, so I hope your listeners don't mind. But I was on a phone call with my team, a three-hour meeting. I was telecommuting, and I was phoning into my three-hour team meeting. And I was five weeks pregnant, and I started bleeding during my team meeting. Sorry to be graphic, but I ended up having a miscarriage. Oh, And I realized just how uncertain and short life is through that experience. And I was sitting on this team meeting. I had a terrible headache afterwards just because I hated (laughs) the three-hour team meeting. It made me reevaluate, like, what am I doing with this one life that I have? And it really, the loss is what made me look at what could I gain if I really embraced my life like I should be because I knew that I wasn't happy. Sometimes it takes a traumatic event for us to reevaluate. Absolutely. And and me being pregnant, (laughs) that story super resonated. And I I totally, I'm so sorry to hear about your your loss in that fashion as well. Yeah. But you know what? I've, I've told people since that that's part of my story. And I have been able to connect with a lot of women who share that story. I have what, what they call a rainbow baby. At 45, I got pregnant again and had my daughter Evelyn. And so there's always a rainbow after the storm. Now available on Amazon, management consultant and author Christy Lindor shares career secrets based on 15 years of experience working at top firms in a new book called The Meesey Muse. 100-plus selected practices, unwritten rules, and habits of great consultants. The Meesey Muse provides insights, stories, and strategies on the unwritten rules of the consulting profession. Christy conducted research and connected with 50-plus industry titans across 27 professional service organizations on what makes a great consultant. For book reviews, tour dates, and more info, go to www.mecmuse.us. You know, in the next moment you mentioned about overcoming the fear and the stories, what were some ways that you kind of did that? Like, what made you say, you know what, I can move on beyond this cushy job? Well, it's kind of funny because I spent 
hours in an Excel spreadsheet trying to make it work, trying to make the math work that I could walk away from this six-figure job. And the math wasn't working, Christy. The spreadsheet wasn't giving me the answers. Like if I quit this job, we're going to have to get rid of this and this and this. And it's just, it's not going to work. And so I tried to work that spreadsheet every which way and come up with all of these ideas and it wasn't working. But the pull to do what I was meant to be doing wouldn't stop. It wouldn't stop pulling at me. And so I walked into my husband's office and I said to him, we either have to believe that I'm meant to be doing this and have faith that it's going to work out or we're just not going to believe and we're not going to have faith. And he looked at me and he said, let's do it. And I quit and I started my business. And what I did was I started to create a program to help people figure out what they do best that other people need most, because that's what I did. I knew what I was doing wasn't right for me, but I didn't know what I should be doing. And so I cobbled together some exercises and activities and assessments and worked with a mentor and I cracked the nut and figured out what I was supposed to be doing. And then I started using it on other people in a volunteer work capacity and it was cracking their nut too. And they were figuring out what they should be doing with their life. And I thought, whoa, this is something that I need to make available to the world. And so I wrote the book, You Map, to help other people figure out what their strengths were, what their values were, the skills they actually wanted to be doing every day, not the ones that were burning them out, and their personality-based interests. And I put it in the book. A lot of people said to me, you know, this book is very generous. Are you sure you're going to want to do this? Because people aren't going to hire you for this work because they can figure it out from the book. And I said, all the power to them because there are people who are never going to hire a coach. And I want them to have the same accessibility as people who can afford one. And it does not hurt my business to be generous. I am an abundant mindset person. I love how you just teed right into UMAP, which was going to be my my next question. So if we pause and unpack UMAP for a bit. So I know that it's a book. There's like a certification program, but it sounds like there's also coaching. So maybe if you can kind of walk us through kind of the evolution of UMAP and where you are with it today. Sure. So the very first thing that came of UMAP was the career profile. It's a 14-page profile. You take four assessments and it generates a career profile and it uncovers what I call the four pillars of career satisfaction. People need to use their natural talents in their work. It's how they prefer to work. And people who do not use their natural talents at work are three times less likely to say they have a good quality of life than people who do, according to Gallup. So it's it's really important, and people are ten, tend to be six times more engaged at work when they use their natural talents. So then that profile also revealed people's values, like what's most important to them, like I said, and the skills they want to be using, and then their personality-based interests. So I started generating profiles for people, and they could visually see who they were and they could compare it against job descriptions. And then people started to say to me, where did you get this? (laughs) I want one of these. And I started to realize I need to create a certification program so recruiters can use it for job fit, so executive coaches can use it to help executives with their self-awareness, because that's the number one predictor of career success for executives is that self-awareness. So then the certification program came in October of last year, I had already started writing the book. So the book 
goes a little further than the profile and the certification. So the profile and the certification, I well, I say that the coach certification are really just meant to help people unpack those four pillars of satisfaction. But then the book, I thought, well, heck, I might as well go further and help people create a personal brand or land a job, (laughs) do something specific with it. So I brought five contributors onto the book, some great folks from LinkedIn, like Carrie Twig and Kamara Toffolo, Patricia Edwards, Lisa Jones, and Donna Sardula. Donna actually was the pioneer of LinkedIn profile optimization, turning it from resumes to actually telling your story. And they all agree graciously to be part of the book. And so we then take someone not just from finding yourself, but how do you blaze your path? How do I know the path to go down? And how do I show the world? How do I tell people in my LinkedIn profile, write a killer cover letter, write a resume that employers wanna see, and interview and land that job by wowing interviewers. So we take people from end to end. UMAP is not about job seekers alone, but the UMAP book has a focus on entrepreneurs who want to discover what they do best, their target audience and how to brand themselves, career changers, unemployed people, and people who are re-entering the workforce, and students. That's who the target audience is for the book. The profile is literally for everyone because everyone needs to know these things about themselves. I coached a CEO of a country club once, and I thought, well, he probably won't get much value. He was the highest level person at that point I'd put through UMAP. And he said, holy beep, (laughs) this has shown me exactly who I need to bring on my team, who I need to hire, and how I need to be spending my time. And I thought, wow, I would have just assumed that people reach a certain level and know how they should be spending their time and how they should be aligning their efforts to their results, but not so much, it turns out. It sounds like it's become a system, essentially, you know, between the profile and the the certification program and then the book and all the different elements that it covers. Krista, I know you said it's for everyone. Like, would you say that someone that's, you know, coming from high school, going to college can use it? Or is it more for mid-career? Or is it literally for, like, anyone? It's literally for anyone because, first of all, you can purchase a DIY profile and then you can also find a coach to administer it to you. So the DIY profile is really not meant for students and career changers because you need someone's insights to help you kind of figure out so what and now what. (laughs) The DIY profile is really great for personal branding. So either you purchase it yourself and give it to the person who's branding you. Any type of communication or branding consultants can get them. It's great for recruiters to determine, does this person really fit the role that I have? But the coaching is really meant for high school students, college grads, career changers, unemployed folks, because the certification program helps people really interpret that information. It's intuitive. You can look at the profile and you just get it. But the expertise of the coaches help them know what to do next. What should I do with this information? And what are your ideas and thoughts based on your understanding of who I am and the market? You're listening to the Meesey Muse Unplugged podcast. We'll be right back after the break. What if you can finally launch your own consulting business that gives you the confidence to go after any targeted client and build a profitable business, regardless of your educational background or knowledge? 
What if you can finally learn how to package your expertise you spent years building into a profitable offering and then wake up every day making a difference with clients that truly value what you can bring to the table as a credible business consultant? Here's the secret, you can. Introducing the Purpose Driven Consultant School. It's an online training and mentoring program designed to help ambitious women and diverse professionals become world-class consultants doing work they love with people they like. Courses are taught by me, Christy Lindor. I come with over 18 plus years of experience working for some of the world's most prestigious management consulting firms. Check us out. We're now enrolling. We have a couple courses coming up on really how to start your business. We kick off our program with a six-week boot camp called Consulting Like a Boss. You can learn more at www.purposedrivenconsultant.com. I'm sure you probably get my next question a lot, but as you know, there's, there are a lot of different personality assessments, instruments, and you know, there's a lot of those types of tools that are already on the market. What would you say makes UMAP different from anything else that people may find out there? So there are three things really I would say. I'm glad you actually asked this question. So I was talking to someone on LinkedIn recently and he uses a different assessment And I said, can you tell me what your thoughts are? And it's very well known assessment. I had heard of it a long time ago. And he said, I think UMAP has a leg up on it for two reasons. He said, number one, it is intuitive. He said, it takes me at least an hour to even walk through and help people understand this assessment that's 45 pages long. And you can't just look at it and understand it. So that's why I thought people wouldn't be maybe interested in UMAP. I created it just for my own clients, that it's very intuitive and very simple. So you can just jump right into the insights and coaching. You don't have to explain what am I seeing. It's obvious when you look at a UMAP. The second thing is, it's really kind of interesting, not just the simplicity, but it's holistic. Most assessments are competitive and don't work together. So assessments are just personality or just strengths or just skills or just values. UMAP is really the only one that I'm aware of that does all four, your personality, your strengths, your skills, and your values all in one. I know there are 3,400 commercially available assessments, but I have not seen one yet that puts all four in one. I love the all four in one because you're right. I feel like there are some that if you want to know about your personality versus if you want to know about like what type of career versus others, that's about values and purpose. So I love the the all four aspect and, and go-getters. We'll make sure we're going to add all of Kristen's links to the show notes of this of this episode. I, I'm actually thinking about, you know, to be able to do one. Is it is it web-based, Kristen? Yeah, it is. So the audience for the book are people who, want to, the the cheapest way to UMAP themselves, you know, for seven bucks or six bucks, I think for the Kindle, 20 bucks or $18.99 US for the paperback. So that's the cheapest way, but it takes longer, right? Because you have to work through all the exercises manually with the downloads that come with it. And then you have to put it together yourself and read an entire book. So it takes, it takes longer. I've had someone do it in two to three days, but she was a really ambitious and focused person you get it the same day. <laughs> you know, if you go and do it online, you can go purchase a UMAP from my website, myumap.com, and then you can do it right there. And within 24 hours, you can do your assessments to get your results. Because it takes, you know, about an hour and five minutes to do the assessments. The other thing about it, I would say, 
is it has a lot more uses. So, which I didn't come up with, the market has come up with that. So there's only so many things you can do with a strengths assessment. I love strengths assessments, don't get me wrong, but you really can't make a lot of life decisions or career decisions with just that information. So I just love the broad application of it. That's great. What's next for UMAP? Oh my goodness. I'm really glad you asked that. So I've started creating, all the UMAPs come with a workbook, not the book. Like if you buy the book, you don't get the coachy workbook. But if you buy the DIY UMAP or you work with a coach, you get a reflection digital workbook with it to work through all of your insights, create your unique contribution statement to summarize your UMAP, your deal makers, your deal breakers to make life decisions. And I'm creating all of these different flavors of coachy workbooks. So UMAP for veterans, UMAP for entrepreneurs, UMAP for high school students, UMAP for stay-at-home moms that are returning into the workforce. And I'm not going to brand it for moms only. It's going to be like return to work parents. I haven't come up with a catchy tagline yet, but I've already created a corporate version, student version, job seeker, career changer version. So I'm working through those, creating all these digital workbooks. And then I've already started my fourth book, which is essentially UMAP for managers. It's called Your Team Hates Mondays. It's you. And with UMAP for managers as a subtitle. And that is going to be using UMAP how to figure out your strengths and challenges in managing people and the six things that you need to strengthen. Well, first, is management even right for me and why am I moving into management? And then if you decided it is something you want to do and you're determined to grow as a manager, what are the six kind of pillars that you need to invest in to be a good manager? That's awesome. I love how deep this is going and I can't wait to see how the the journey continues to unfold. It, It sounds amazing, Kristen. Thank you. I will say that, you know, people will look at me and say, how have you just escalated and blown up and done all of this stuff? I am here to tell you, I was driving back and forth to work I had no visibility on social media whatsoever. I had, you know, not even the 500 plus connections <laughs> that people strive for. I was a frontline manager working this job, re- really doing nothing to impact the world. And all I did was discover what my unique contribution was, what my unique value was to the world and aligned my goals and activities and efforts to it. And so anyone who does that will find that they move into this place of flow and your potential, like the lid falls off of your, it just blows off. And everyone's journey is going to look different, but this is accessible to anyone to be able to really blow the doors off your potential. It'll all look different, but it's still possible for anyone. So go-getters, we are listening to and speaking with Kristen Sherry, the creator of UMAP. I'm going to switch gears, Kristen, for the last segment of this podcast interview. The topic for the season is called Science of Success. I feel like you kind of went into this a little bit, but I'll ask you again and see if you've got any other perspectives. For the science of success, I'd love for you to maybe share any additional perspectives you have on on how living with purpose has helped you become successful and what advice would you give others seeking the same? And like I said, I know you just gave some, but if you've got any other thoughts, I'd love to hear it. I do have additional thoughts. So the first thing is, of course, what we talked about is you have to start within and know 
who you are and know those things about you. But as far as the science of success goes, I always say that anyone can sell something that they believe in, but it takes a salesperson to sell something they don't care about. So once you discover what your felt passions are, like what do you do best and then who are the people you care about and you align those things together, that's when this chemistry reaction happens. It's this intersection between who you are, what you do best and what you care about and the people who need it most. And when you create that intersection between who needs what you can do best it just creates this magical chemical reaction. <laughs> and then you discover other people who are as passionate as you are. And that could be your connections and followers on LinkedIn. It could be people you meet at networking events. It could be other practitioners in your field. It could be your own friends and family. But as I alluded to earlier, no one changes the world by themselves or makes a difference in their community by themselves or helps disadvantaged children by themselves. It takes a village, so they say. And so you have to find those like-minded people who are also passionate about what you're doing and that's where you then have this exponential effect. But that chemical reaction is really the intersection between what you do best and who are the people that need it most? I've never heard it described as a chemical reaction, but I like that just because it's not a woo-woo way to describe it. Because <laughs> I feel like it sometimes can feel a little magical once you've kind of figured out what that synergy is. Because I feel like a lot of coincidence and circumstances, serendipity happens on the journey when you kind of are able to make the different parts of your world kind of align in that way. So I think chemical reaction is a nice way to say it. Yeah, I'm not a woo-woo person, so <laughs> I don't use woo-woo language. But just to give you an example, I met a woman who's very passionate about helping students, and she's created this platform. It's in 55 countries around the world. They have something ridiculous like, <laughs> I don't know, 8 million students on this platform. It's, it's crazy. And she said to me, I would love to see, let's incorporate UMAP, and instantly, at the snap of, of a finger, you have visibility for the work you're trying to do. So partnerships, smart partnerships with the right people can really take your message and your work so much farther than you can by yourself. Love it. Love it. My last question for you, Kristen, what's a world topic that you are curious about right now? A world topic that I'm curious about. There, I, there are so many that is really difficult for me to quickly answer, but I will say the biggest world topic that interests me right now is kind of the rage culture that's being created by social media. And I feel like people are spending so much time now angry and complaining and we're losing sight of being solution focused because we're focused on being right. And that is a very dangerous place for us collectively to be in. You call it rage culture. I call it cancel culture. There's something in the air. I don't know how to describe it. Maybe it's a chemical reaction, like you said earlier, but there, there's a lot of different converging things that's happening that's creating this perfect storm. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we're backtracking into 
I remember when I was in my 20s, my mother said to me, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? And that was her way of telling me like to be more collaborative with people because I was sort of a dominance-driven young person. And I changed my life around her feedback. And I noticed that I got much better results working with people than trying to get my way. And so I just look at my own example of how I've been more personally and professionally successful in listening, in finding value in other people's opinions. And it really saddens me how we're really kind of losing sight of that. No one's listening. There's a lot of talking, but no listening. Well said. Well said. Well, thank you so much, Kristen, for coming on the Misi Muse Unplugged today. It was my pleasure. Yeah. Where can people find you online if they want to connect with you? So they can reach me at Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-I-N at myumap.com or on the website, myuyoumap.com. Or I'm always up for new LinkedIn connections. I'm linkedin.com slash in slash Kristen with two eyes, Sherry, S-A-T-R-O-Y. Thanks again, Kristen. And I can't wait. Hopefully when you continue to evolve, you map, you would join us in the future. I would love to have you back. It would be my pleasure. Thank you, Christy. That concludes today's show. I want to thank my guests for being with us today. And thank you, my go-getters, for tuning in. There are hundreds and thousands of podcasts out there, and I'm so glad that you've chosen the Misi Muse Unplug to connect with. So make sure you check out today's show notes. You can go to www.misimuse.com for more information. Please feel free to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your friends, and rate it. Until next time, here's to your journey to greatness. Tune in for new episodes every Monday to kick off your week of greatness. Visit us online at MeeseeMuse.com for more information. Don't forget to follow Meesey Muse on all socials to stay tuned in for upcoming episodes and news from Christy Lindor.